This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everybody, welcome to Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly and I am the founder of GreenLivingIdeas.com. Today we're going to be talking about tea and to talk with me on that topic is Dave Dahl who is a partner and the director of marketing at Dragon Pearl Tea. Dave, welcome to the program. Hi Sean, thanks for having me. You're doing a great thing here. Well, thank you very much. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the program today. And I understand that uh, Dragon's got kind of a different take on tea products and a, and a different really grade of tea from a lot of the standard teas that you see out there. So I've been hearing really good things about the company and wanted to have, have you on the program today to talk about you know tea, tea in general and also hear a little bit about the Dragon story. So maybe we should start with uh, the Dragon story. Tell, tell us about how you got into this business and, uh, and what the story of the company is. Well, I should probably be begin by saying, like most people, I hadn't really tried true tea until a few years ago, and then I really discovered what the difference is and why fine tea is like fine wines. They're all different and very carefully treated. They're very special. And unlike the tea that Americans are used to buying in the grocery store, which are you know, often mint or lemon, um, real tea flavors of black, oolong, white, and green tea are just amazing. And so after I discovered this tea, shared it with Judah and my, um, my partner John, his, his real name is Hong. Um, Hong was really the guy who got us started because he had family connections in the tea farming business. So we went and toured the tea farms and we just utterly fell in love with the whole idea. Huh. And so kind of where it started. And what year was that? That was back in 2005. 2005. Okay. So well, I have a question. If you don't mind me just jumping into some of the tea specifics, because I, I have some questions. I'm a big tea drinker myself, and uh, I, you know, I'm I'm definitely a, a layperson when it comes to tea. I, I know that I mean, it's kind of like wine. <laughs> I, I I definitely can't rattle off all the terminology and you know the processes and, and everything. But but I have I think that my palate has become educated despite my brain maybe not keeping in step with that. And so I end up with questions sometimes that um, I have. Like for example, what's the difference between just green and white tea, for example? Well, green and white tea are essentially the same thing, and I should first start out by saying all true tea comes from the Camellia sinensis plant, and that doesn't mean, um, you know, there are things like yerba mate and, and herb teas and things that are different, but the, the true tea comes from the Camellia sinensis plant. White tea is the tea leaves that are picked and just washed and dried, and they're sometimes steamed, but they're not heat cured, so they maintain this natural crinkly texture and a more grassy flavor. The green tea is the same plant, but it's heat cured, and that processing changes it, makes it retain its green color, and um, gives it a more sort of rich and kind of nutty flavor. Okay, I see. And and so as long as we're talking about tea varieties and differences, and thank you for that explanation, by the way, um, what, what is oolong tea? Well, oolong tea is, again, the same plant, and it tends to use the more mature leaves, which may be you know, a month or six weeks old, so 
oolong tea is often made with the winter leaf instead of the spring and summer leaves like the white and the green. But the oolong tea, the main difference that defines it is it's partly fermented before it's heat cured. So that gives it this, this sort of um, greenish, tangy kind of flavor. So oolong tea is really special too. There are thousands of varieties just of oolong. Hmm, really? And, and, and I understand also it comes from the Chinese word for black dragon. That's right, black dragon or black dragon raven. Yeah, that's uh, just cool. I, I just like that. I don't know why. That's not really significant in terms of drinkability, but I, I like the name. Yeah, uh, Long is the dragon, and in uh, in Chinese, the dragon is a powerful symbol of good fortune and magic, and so we chose that for our our name. Right. Okay. And then I guess last but not least is would be black tea. Yeah, and black tea again from the same plant is all the way fermented. Where oolong tea is maybe thirty percent fermented. Uh, black tea is 100% fermented. And there's another variation of that called puer tea, which is a very deeply fermented aged tea. How, how do you spell that? Puer is P-U apostrophe E-R, puer tea. Interesting. Okay, I've never never heard of that. Yeah, it's a compressed tea, which is usually not to most Americans' taste. Oh, because it has a, what's the, what, the it's quality? It's a real pungent kind of musty flavor usually. So it takes some, you know, it's an acquired taste. Yeah, got it. Maybe a little bit more common in other countries like China than, than you would see here. Yeah, and in, in China, um, you see it pretty often, but in America, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to find it. Yeah, yeah except maybe in an Asian market. Would you find it there? Um, you might, and it's usually, you know, in a compressed form in a disc or a cake or something like that. So it's a very unusual tea, and you break off a little piece of it. You know, it tends to be kind of tangy and... and uh, Almost, uh, almost a moldy flavor. Hmm. But uh, considered very good if you're into it. I'm, I'm curious about. Can you map for us on those those four tea types we talked about: green, white, oolong, and black? Can you can you? Is it possible to sort of map that to caffeine content? I know that's a question that a lot of people have. It is, and you know, technically, tea doesn't have caffeine, but it has a substance called taine, which is molecularly the same thing. So it has the same effect of that that lift. So Calling it caffeine is, you know, what most people call it. The, the level of that is highest in the black tea, and it tends to be lowest in the white tea. So the darker the tea, as a general rule, then the more caffeine. However, there's different potencies of tea, and, you know, commonly you hear that coffee has a lot less caffeine than tea, and the truth is different coffees and different teas have different levels, and the fresher and you know, the more potent your product, the more caffeine it will have. I see. Um, yeah, but I'm just curious. So that's interesting. So you're saying it's not technically, it's a, it's a different member of the alkaloid family. It's a, it's a similar chemical configuration. Well, it's considered identical because it looks the same as far as its molecular structure. Mm-hmm. But in tea, it's called taine. And in coffee, it's called caffeine. Interesting. Uh, it's essentially the same thing. Um, but the effect is very different, which may mean that the environment in which these uh, molecules exist affects the way that they act on your body. So most people report that when they drink tea, they get a, a nice lift and not the crash that they tend to get with caffeine from coffee. 
Right. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I've heard several different takes on this. And I don't think any, anyone is necessarily right or wrong or is provably so. Um, this came up in a – we had um, Guayaquil, who is a yerba mate juice right. manufacturer. Mm-hmm. They're and, in our same area. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and it was um, – uh, Dave uh, Kerr, I think is his last name. I'm, I'm, I might be remiss if I'm mispronouncing his name. I apologize. Um, but the, the he's the founder, David Kerr. I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, and, Dave and Steve are the yeah, founders. Yeah, Dave and Steve. And and so we were talking about because uh, there's there's a lot of information out there about matine being different than caffeine, and, and right. I was expecting him to reinforce the matine argument to say that it was just a slightly different you know variant and that's that explained why and his actually his take on it was he was saying that that it is it is caffeine D- don't mistake it it's the same thing but that the properties the reason that you get a different effect from it because I was asking about that on that podcast was that it, that it's not being sort of strip mined my words uh, the way that um, in the process it's more uh, it's a more complete and organic and uh, holistic in terms of the way that it is actually processed or not processed as like caffeine so or in coffee rather so coffee is you know hev- heavily um, you know the way that it's that it's processed and cooked and so forth that uh, and ro- the beans are roasted it's, it takes out all of the other things that should be there along with it to change the effect on the human body uh so that anyway that was his uh, assertion about that so i'm 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 just an interested student in the whole different alkaloid family yeah it's difficult because there are so many variables and you know we like to have a clear-cut statistic and we like to hear this is better than that or and and that kind of thing but you know the truth is if you make a really strong cup of black tea um chances are it's going to have as much of a lift as as a cup of coffee Oh, yeah. um, (laughs) I can attest to that. (laughs) And, you know, so really what we recommend as far as drinking tea, you can naturally decaffeinate the tea if you steep it and pour that first steeping out. And caffeine being a water-soluble compound tends to come out in that first steeping so that you get most of it out. And, you know, especially if you're going to drink tea at night, it's good to pre-rinse it. Well, I definitely find, too, that uh, that's good to know. And thank you for that tip. I didn't know that. Um, it's good. It's it, there's definitely a different effect of of the whatever you want to call it, teasing, caffeine, you know, matine, whatever it happens to be in in the, in the drink, with with both yerba mate and with tea. I have just anecdotally noticed a very very different effect in not only in terms of the jitteriness and so forth. Uh, perhaps I'm imagining it. I don't know, but but also in terms of I I don't know how to say this except that sort of the the long term effects in terms of feeling I mean for lack of a better word addicted to it and or not feeling that way uh, with coffee I find it ve- very addictive a very headache producing if I withdraw from it things like that I find it to be a much more natural and non invasive experience uh, much less so with uh, black tea other you know green tea and such and, and with uh, with the yerba mate as well. Well, it's interesting. I used to be a big coffee drinker, and um, I got into tea and just sort of forgot about coffee. And I have it once in a while, but, um, you know, in the morning I'd much rather have some black tea with milk and sugar than coffee. Yeah. Because the, the real fresh black tea that's whole leaf is so good, it's, it's really, you know, does the trick. Yeah, it really changes. Well, we're going to get back uh, with Dave Dahl from Dragon Pearl Tea. In just a minute, we're going to take a quick break for a commercial, and we'll be right back. Thanks. Listen to Living Green, Effortless Ecology for Everyday People, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. 
All right, and we are back with Dave Dahl, who is the Director of Marketing for Dragon Pearl Tea. We're talking about tea today on the program. And when last we left off, uh, we were talking about, um, well, actually, I don't know that we got to the, talking about the differences between good and bad tea. Why don't we start there? Well, like any fruit or vegetable, you know, um, there are ideal growing conditions. And one thing most people don't realize is that the tea we're used to that's in tea bags in the grocery stores is mass-produced, machine-farmed tea that's usually done in flatlands, which is in the lower lands. And these aren't the ideal conditions for a number of reasons. And one is that photosynthesis has a perfect temperature, and at 98 degrees, photosynthesis stops. So down in the lowlands, the the potency doesn't tend to be as good as the mountain-grown teas. Um, But mountain-grown teas are also in in a perfect growing environment, but in a pure environment with air and soil that's clean. And so, you know, right off the bat, having mass-produced lowland teas versus hand-picked and hand-farmed mountain teas, that would be one major difference. And what to look for would be fresh, whole, loose leaf. If you have powdered tea in a bag, it's, it's almost always going to be as low-grade as you can get. And that's why we see these flavors like orange and lemon and, and mint added to them because, you know, it, it doesn't taste good without it. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about, do teas have different gradings or grades like wines do? There are different grades. And the quality of the tea, it sort of first depends on where it's from. And I don't have any expertise in Indian or African or South American teas, really. Um, but, you know, my experience is really in Chinese teas. And with these teas, the primary concern is the intactness of the leaf. So if the leaves are, you know, nice, full, whole leaves, then you've got a good quality product. If the leaves are ground up or broken up into little pieces, that's usually an indication of the lower quality tea. Okay. And and I'm also uh, curious about, like, just switching gears a little bit in terms of Dragon Pearl as a company. I understand that you guys are, you know, big on, in terms of internal green practices as a company. Can you tell us about that and what some of the things you guys are yeah, doing? Yeah, well, there's really two parts to that. One is the product and then one is the operations of the, the business. And starting with a pure product is really important to us and making sure that there's nothing unnatural about the way it's produced and farmed. And then the next step is, you know, all the way to the grocery stores or the food stores where you can buy the tea, what is involved in that chain? And it comes to things like, you know, how much artwork do you have on your, on your box? And, you know, where can you, where can you cut um, environmentally to make it make sense? Um, all the way to getting the product to the store. So one thing we do, for example, is we have a biofuel truck that runs on 100% biodiesel that does our deliveries locally. And by doing that, we can also put pressure on our bigger distributors and say, hey, come on, we're a small company. We're using biofuel. Why don't you guys do the same? And, you know, I like what you guys are doing because with Green Living Ideas, you can get the word out to consumers, and then they have the choice, and they can help put that pressure on the larger companies, you know, to do the best thing, too. Well, and yeah, thank you for saying that. And I mean, certainly, it's we we you know we learn a lot from from companies like yours that are that are implementing these practices, and then we just get to be the ones reporting it and, and providing those the choices that are out there. But uh, you know, it's 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 good to hear, and it's good to have avant-garde companies that are making these kinds of decisions, both in terms of you know the products themselves 
and making them better, more healthy, um, you know, more sustainably farmed and grown and such, but also in terms of social responsibility, I think, and business practices, in terms of working with the local populaces and things like that, th- those are all really important things as well. That's right. And since most of what we throw away, you know, and, and just consume and, and re- you know, without reusing is packaging, and so we pay a lot of attention to our packaging, our foremost priority is to make it airtight to keep the product fresh. Uh, but we're looking at uh, using an organic packaging factory that can use um, biodegradable materials and not just have it made from recycled materials, but take that a step further, you know, because we really don't like the idea of packaging, but, you know, some packaging is required. Right, Mark, yeah, it's an unfortunate necessary evil in the marketing world, although I think there is a less is more sort of feel that you can put into, and, and some companies have embraced that where they have that, that sort of, you know, or not a look, but they're, you know, recycled materials, minimalist sort of design, you can do a lot with that. Right, and it isn't any one thing, it's many little things that come from a consciousness of your footprint as you operate. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm curious too, I think I heard or I read that you guys guarantee uh, that your tea is pesticide-free, is that correct? Yeah, that's right, and in fact, um, you know, when we, when we first brought the product over here, we had them tested in U.S. labs and tested against other products and found that not only are ours pure, but there are a number of products out there that are not very pure that have pesticide residues and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So ironically, drinking tea, if it's really low quality, may not be all that good for you. Right. I guess like a lot of things, there's you know cheap and there's good, and it, it, you can't just sort of paint it with a broad brushstroke and say all of this type of product is good. It depends That's on the, right. on the yeah, details. Yeah, tea is a very complex plant, and there's a lot to know about it. You know, we're still learning. Dave, I'm curious about what, what effect do you see ecology-oriented measures having on, on sales as a company? Well, I think it depends on whether the consumer is aware of it. But our hope and our belief is that if the consumer understands that this company does it this way and this company does it another way, hopefully they'll choose in favor of the company that you know, is most conscious of you know, ecological practices and... Um, you know, we, we leave that to the consumer, then our job is to make sure that they know it, and which isn't always easy either. Yeah. Well, we're going to take one more break, one more commercial break, and then we will be right back with Dave Dahl from Dragon Pearl Tea. Thanks, everybody, and we'll be right back. Listen to Coaching the Life Coach, business and marketing strategies for growth of transformational practices, your guide in the 21st century marketplace on personallifemedia.com. Okay, everybody, we're back. We're talking about tea today, and my guest again is Dave Dahl, who is a partner and the director of marketing at Dragon Pearl Tea. Dave, I had a question for you. Uh, are you are you working at Dragon um, on any other products besides the straight whole tea leaf products that we've been talking about so far? Funny you should ask. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we have ideas for a number of products, and what we're really doing with this product is bringing whole fresh tea leaves into you know the mainstream market and. Um, allowing customers access to that at, at regular grocery stores. And once we have that channel open, we think there's really um, a market for a number of other natural tea products. Um, our ideas include having a ready-to-drink product that's um, a low acid, um, you know, and I, I don't know if you realize, but uh, most products that you buy in a bottle are acidified, and they'll have ascorbic acid or citric acid. And, you know, what we consume in bottles is, you know, a tremendous amount of low acid uh, or excuse me, high acid stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, all this acidic stuff is really what the market is comprised of now. 
we'd like to see a, you know, something that's more of a natural balanced pH, and our formula for that is really good. So we're looking forward to having a bottled product, you know, a cold, ready-to-drink product. And uh, we have some ice cream products in mind, so the next couple of years could see some other interesting things. Great. Well, we wish you luck in the development of those new products as well as your, as your current ones. I had another question for you, too. Uh, as far as the company itself, uh, I understand that you uh, have sponsored some, some charities or charity events. Is that correct? Well, yeah. Judah and I are both big on you know, our favorite charities, and there's a lot going on in the community. And we often have you know, organizations ask us for tea donations, and we're, we're always happy to help out with that. Um, number of places where we've donated tea including um you know things like the aids walk and you know different uh, fundraising events and besides tea we have uh, a number of things that we've been doing even since you know before the tea business started and um you know we're involved in different telethons and things um some of our favorite charities are uh, the homeless projects locally uh the ms society muscular dystrophy and um and we have our sort of favorite ecology projects. Um, mine is uh, Trees for the Future and Wild Dolphin Project. Do you have any websites for, for those organizations, or is it pretty much just that thosewords.com? Yeah, it's usually thosewords.com. For example, uh, wilddolphinproject.com, trees for the future, oh, excuse me, dot .org, mm-hmm. treesforthefuture.org. Um, and most of these are really easy to look up. You know, American Cancer Society is cancer.org, mm-hmm. cancer.org. And if all else fails, you can always Google the words, and uh, Google, the magic of Google will deliver you, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and in fact, we're going to have a, a page on our website linking to all of these, too. Oh, and uh, yeah, and that, again, uh, I, should, I think I was remiss in not mentioning that earlier. It's uh, dragonpearltea.com. Uh, the website for your company. Thanks so, for that. Yeah, yeah, you bet. And, uh, so let's see, I, I had one other question. I, I had understood that you guys sent some tea to Iraq recently. Can you tell us about that? Well, Judah and I, uh, my partner, we're, we're both sad about the war and against the war, and yet we feel like we need to support the troops that are there on our behalf. And so we sent about 5,000 tins of tea over there, um, thinking that, you know, first of all, it's a healthy alternative to coffee and sodas. And... Uh, and we felt like they could use some, some tea over there. That's, that's great. Have you gotten any feedback from, from soldiers? Who yeah, as a matter of fact, we've had some soldiers write and say thanks, and, you know, they really appreciate it. So, you know, that's great. And, uh, you know, hopefully all this conflict will end soon. But meanwhile, we do what we can to support our brothers and sisters. That's great. Well, it has been a real pleasure having you on the program. Thanks for coming on and talking to us about tea and educating our audience as well as telling us the story of Dragon. Uh, We wish you much continued success in the future. It sounds like you guys are are doing really well, and and we, uh, again, just wish you much success. Thanks, Sean, from Dragon Pro Tea, and thanks for Green Ideas. Thanks, as always, to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.